Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode number 128, if you're keeping track, but it's actually season three, episode 28. My name is Britt. And I'm Craig. And Craig, I am a happy camper. You are. I my team for the first time in my life in 50 years is in the Super Bowl. I'm not 50. No, no, I, I, I'm I'm in my 40s, so I'm damn close. And I've been a Chief fan for God, it's almost 30 years now, since at least 25 years. This is this is um, to the point where the game ended the other day, and I looked at my wife and I went, "Are the Chiefs in the Super Bowl?" And her response was, "Thankfully, yes." <laughs> So I, and I am the last, I was thinking about it. All of our contributors, yourself included on this podcast have seen their team play at least one Super Bowl. Yes. Except me. So I'm finally going to join the club. (laughs) Yeah. You got, um, yeah. Montana got you to the, uh, playoffs for the first time in 25 years. He got us the AFC championship in 1994. And we lost to the Bills in the AFC Championship. And then our next trip to the AFC Championship wasn't until last year, 2018, or 2019, January 2019. And now here we are in 2020. We're going to play in the Super Bowl. So, But I'm getting ahead of myself. But first, what, Craig, I am over in the Frank Gore Extended Studio. Um, and you're back in the uh, the main studio, the Blake Bortles Memorial Studio. Yes. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I have a dark beverage called iced tea you're still you're on the wagon too huh well okay i was going <laughs> i was going well for about two and a half weeks i didn't have oh. anything to drink okay. and then one morning one monday morning uh we had a pipe break in our condo oh that's right so that was fun so monday night i had a beer and then this past weekend we had a lunch for my mom who turned 80 so there were some drinks involved, but other than those two spots, I haven't drank anything. Since since the New Year's party. <clears throat> right. Wow, good for you. So I've, I, I've drank a lot less. I'll say this. The biggest miracle of Brits Dry January is that I survived two Chief playoff games. Yes. <laughs> if the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl, because the Super Bowl's on February 2nd, so I fully plan on having beer. Did you at the Super- take the third off? Not yet, <laughs> but I always do, and I always do you even when my team's should. not in. I, I'll do that tomorrow morning. I'll put in that request first thing in the morning. Um, I, I plan on having a – if they lose this Super Bowl, mm-hmm. then I will never drink on a day where the Chiefs play in the playoffs again. <laughs> the Chiefs couldn't win a home playoff game to save their life. They've won – before this season, they've won one out of like the last eight. They won um, the divisional weekend in 20, 2019, and then they, of course, lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship last year. Yep. Before that, they lost like six or seven straight home playoff games. So, so maybe that's if, it. I'm a very superstitious person. If if they lose a Super Bowl because I'm drunk, then I will never drink during the playoffs again. <laughs> no. It's been tough, though. I'll tell you everyone, that. I just want everyone to hear that. He won't drink when they're in the playoffs ever Correct. again. Not that Correct. he won't ever drink again. No, as a matter of fact, I've got I've got two beers in the fridge that I have lined up for the Super Bowl. I'm excited to try. I'm I've been sitting on them for a couple of weeks. Ooh. Oh yeah. Well, one of them's just too juicy because I just no, love having you know. them. But the other one was the one I sent you guys the other day by Fully Brewing Prospect. It's a, a tropical IPA, mm-hmm. and it's rated at four point two six with over twenty thousand ratings. Wow. A four two six with that many people drinking it is really unusual. So are, are, I am going to go, by the way, I did say I was going to announce it formally. I got so many invites to so many Super Bowl parties because my team's in it that I felt like LeBron having to hold an ESPN special to announce where he was going to sign. <laughs> so I'm announcing now that I'm taking my talents to the sources house. Nice. Are you coming to that? Are you coming? Because you uh, invited you. <clears throat> Yes, I will be joining you. So I will. Then I will make sure I save. I'm going to bring the whole four pack of this prospect beer. That because you're going to be there, I'm going to be there. Cinch is going to be joining us. Um, I haven't heard from Sean, you know, but it, it'll Nor be nice. Nor will we. <laughs> Nor will we. Nor will we. Um, you know. Anyway, all right. So I so we are both still on the wagon, but a week from tomorrow on the 30th, I am ending my dry, dry January because I have uh, we're going to uh, a poly our friend Keith's 
uh, wife Holly has a band and they're playing at a brewery in Milford. So I'm going to do 30 days though. So it has been an, an interesting experience. As I said last week, I learned a lot this, this time around. All right. We don't have DFS this week. None. We can discuss DFS type topics, but we have no lineups to give you. Um, I will tell you this. I took a gamble on my tournament lineups. I don't do a ton of tournament lineups, but last week during championship weekend, I took a gamble and I put Raheem Mostert in single game lineups as my captain. And wow. holy cow, was that a genius move? Yeah, because Coleman I, was hurt and he showed up to play. Yep. I put him in three or four different small lineups and I cashed in every single one of them, including, do you remember you sent me the link to remind me that they were uh, DraftKings was doing an end of year survey tournament to thank people who had taken the survey? Yeah. There's the, I put it in there. I cashed in that. Wow. It was a freebie, like only like the top thousand or so cash. And I, it was a dollar because it was a freebie tournament. But I cashed in, a, in like a tournament with 200,000 people that was a freebie. And, you know, you can't cash in those. They're crazy. You know, only like the top 1% cash. But I was like, holy crap, I won a dollar. So, um, but so we don't have any new DFS to give you. And I don't know that we're going to talk about DFS next week. I Single game DFS is so tricky. So tricky, and and FanDuel is There's running. Not a lot to pick from. Exactly. And did you know? I, I found out today. FanDuel is running Pro Bowl pools. How the oh, yeah. hell do you pick for the Pro Bowl? That's yeah, you might have better chances at the casino. Yeah, seriously, you might as well just put the roster on the wall and throw a dart. Pretty much, because they're only going to be in for like three plays. Yes. Yes. There's no way you can play anyway. Anyway, all right. Burning hot takes. I have a list of topics in front of me, so we're going to talk about a lot of topics, a lot of news, a lot of lighthearted football talk tonight. But Craig, would you like to give or receive? Um, I'll receive. Okay. So a bunch of news stories. The big one that broke this week is that Eli Manning plans to uh, announce his retirement on Friday, which is tomorrow. And of course, here comes the debate, hard and heavy from every angle. Eli Manning planning to retire. Yep. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Uh, just a yes or no, or do you want to like an explanation? You, you give me whatever you want. <laughs> I would love to hear why your rationale is, but go ahead. Uh, I would say yes, because he he won two Super Bowls. Uh, he beat the Patriots twice. Sorry, Cinch. Uh, he did end their run, their undefeated run. You know. I think like two rings being a quarterback almost guarantees you getting in. And you're right. It is almost. There is only one quarterback in the history of the NFL who had, that is eligible because Peyton's not in, but Peyton isn't eligible yet. You have to be retired five years. So Peyton isn't even eligible yet. There's only one quarterback that is not active and is eligible um, for the Hall of Fame that is not in with two rings, and it's Jim Plunkett. Wow. And y- yes, well, here's the thing, and this is the thing. People know Jim Plunkett because he was a Raider. He played in a lot of different places. And so the question becomes, if every quarterback that has ever gotten two championship ranks as a starter, mm-hmm. as a starter, because we all know Jimmy Garoppolo already has two ranks, okay, because he was a backup. <laughs> all right, we're not counting backups. As a starter, has two ranks. And – Plunkett's got to be the measuring stick. You have to be at least better than Plunkett, right? Well, here's the thing. I guess. I mean, if you're worse than Plunkett, then there's no conversation here, right? If Jim Plunkett's not in and you're not as good as Jim Plunkett numbers-wise, how could you possibly get in? Right. Here's the thing that people – and and this is why I do believe he's going to go in. If you compare him, the one guy who's not in the Hall of Fame with two rings and Eli Manning, Manning's touchdown to interception ratio is better. Jim Plunkett actually threw more picks than touchdowns in his career. Eli Manning has a winning record as a starter over his total number of games played. Jim Plunkett was exactly 500. He was 72 and 72 in his career. Okay. Jim Plunkett was eight and two lifetime in the playoffs, but was, you know, again, that means that during the regular season, he was under 500 because he was 72 and 72 all time. (laughs) Okay. He was abysmal in places. Abysmal. Now, to be fair to Jim Plunkett, Eli Manning has led the league in, on four separate occasions. One time, he threw a 99-yard pass, and he was tied for long. He was uh, the league leader in single pass. Obviously, one pass for 99 yards is going to get you that that share of that tie. 
But the other three categories he's ever led in in his career were total interceptions thrown. So the only category that Eli has clearly owned is that he throws a lot of picks. Mm -hmm. So that's not a real strong indicator either. (laughs) True. But he's Plunkett never made a Pro Bowl. Eli has made two. Things of that nature. I think he is. He's guys. If you're a Giants fan, you're screaming that this isn't even a conversation. If you're a Patriots fan, and I know a few Patriots fans who have already told me that this is not a conversation, you probably don't believe this is a conversation either. He's going to get in. Yes. So question the second is, the follow-up question is, should he get in? Take away the Super Bowl rings. Take Imagine rings don't exist. Does he get in without the championships? Uh, then I would lean towards no. And that's that's why I think people are up, are, are up and on it. But, you know, the bottom line is he provided stability and success there for a long time. He did. 15, 16 seasons he was there. You got to give him credit on that. So I I agree. He's going to get in, but you can debate whether or not he should get in. But you can't debate that he's going to get in. He's going to get in. It's just a matter of when. Really, it's just a matter of when. So, all right. What have you got for me? All right. So question for you is about the Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Yes. For the first time of your your viewing live. Yes, for my life. <laughs> now, exactly. Now, of course, we all hope the Chiefs win. Right? Well, I do. Right. I'm sure the Niner fans don't. Uh, probably not, no. So, you know, there's, you know, let's say just hypothetically it's 50-50 the Chiefs win. Yeah. Let's well, say I... they let's say the Chiefs don't win hypothetically. Yeah. As a fan, would you rather it they lose like 57 of 14 or would you rather them lose <clears throat> excuse me like the way the titans did all those years ago against the rams where it's the last play of the game and they fall short by like a foot i, I never want to blow out unless my team is the one doing the blowout i would rather have a close game so that at least i have interest okay. um i go Fair back to question. and i told this i've told this story before on the air the very first bowl game UConn played was the Motor City Bowl against Toledo mm-hmm. with Dan Orlovsky. And that game went out of hand quickly. And I think, as I've mentioned before, I had people over for that game. By halftime, we were looking for board games to play. <laughs> that is because true. Because I think it, I think at halftime it was 28 to 3. And we were like, this is over. It would have been all UConn. So even though UConn was blowing them out, we were just like, nobody really wants to watch this. Why do we still have this on the television? So I would rather see a close game under any circumstances. But if, if you tell me right now that at halftime the score is 24 to 3, it better be Chiefs 24 to 3. <laughs> That's the way I would, I would look right. at it because they're not going to pull off a comeback like they did against Houston again. That was a one-time deal, and I'm glad it happened because I think it scared the holy hell out of them. Yep. Um, and it got them this far, so... So that would be me. What yeah. about you? Would you rather see a blowout or um, rather see a close game? No, same thing. I would rather have a a close game. I would just want my team to not embarrass themselves with stupid mistakes. That's that'd be, the key. That'd be the, my biggest thing because I remember years ago when the 49ers were playing the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That game got bad quick. The Stan Humphrey Super Bowl. The middle of the second quarter, like we started playing a card game. Because the 49ers were winning by so much. (laughs) Were you over at my house for that? I feel like I was... No, I was at your house for the Rams game. The Rams-Titans game. That I was, I think, we were at John's house. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Even with my team involved, I'd rather see a close game. You know, and I I remember the Bengals were playing, again, the 49ers. I thought the Bengals were going to win. And then Joe Montana had 90 seconds to go 94 yards, 5 yards. So. Yep. And next week we will do a really fully um, we'll probably dedicate the entire episode to the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll talk primarily about what we think about the different things. Maybe we'll put together a lineup for fun. But this week, uh, the, the week in between, I really like to let the, the and there's so much other stuff going on. I really like to talk about the other stuff first. So. Um, so. All right. So my next question. Mm-hmm. Sorry I had to clear my throat there. I'm going to go away for football for a second. All right. Because I can. The other day, I'm driving along, and I got Spotify playing in the car. Okay. And for some reason, Spotify decided that I needed some 80s power ballads in my life. <laughs> okay. 
And so it pulled up Making Love Out of Nothing at All by Air Supply. All right. Then it played Winds of Change by the Scorpions. (laughs) And then it played Beth by um, Kiss. It led to me, it, yeah. It's just I'm like I'm like, what is the hell is with all the '80s love power ballads? Oh, and then uh, power, um, "Glory of Love" by Peter Cetera came on at some point. So my question to you, Craig. Yes. So the greatest power ballad of all time, off the top of your head, doesn't have to be '80s. What is the greatest power ballad of all time for you? Go. Uh, here I go again on my own. Wow, you didn't even hesitate there. Did not even hesitate. And I didn't, I didn't clear this with you. What's that? That's definitely up there in my head. Yeah, because I didn't clear this question with you in advance. I love no. the burning hot takes to be spontaneous, and you did not miss a beat there. Did not miss a yep. beat. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, all right, that, that was my non-football <laughs> thing for today. Um, like I said, I, everything, all those songs I just listed are songs I really enjoy, so I can't really pick one of them. Um so, all right, let's switch back to some football. So we got a ton sure. of topics here. I'm just going to keep tossing out topics because <sighs> I and I wanted to get the the power ballot thing out because the next thing we have to talk about it's it's time for our weekly update on the status of Antonio Brown, and things are not better. No, they're worse. Antonio Brown is now reportedly hiding in his house. Oh, is that because, where he is? Uh, that's where they think he is. Okay, that's where they think he is. So, for those who have not been following the 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 saga. Um, Antonio Brown had some stuff shipped back to his Hollywood, Florida home via truck. Um, I'm presuming from when he had a house out in California and there was some sort of arrangement where the driver was expected to pick up $4,000 in cash for the delivery upon receipt and AB for whatever reason did not have it or did not give it. And the truck driver said, well, then you don't, I'm not unloading your stuff and a fight ensued. The truck driver is claiming that AB and his, um, trainer, threw a rock at him, um, that they, they committed battery. Um, and that, you know, burglary is one of the charges in here that day. The trainer was arrested. Apparently they tried to talk to AB at that point, but there was no warrant for his arrest. They arrested the trainer, but AB saw the writing on the wall and hid in his house. Well, now there is a warrant for his arrest. So in the last Week and a and half. This, uh, quick side note: This is after him yelling at, <clears throat> excuse me, yelling at his ex-girlfriend about taking the one of the cars so she can bring the kids to school. Yes. So in the last two weeks, we've had his, we've had video of him cursing at police. Video that his, he made. That he made, cursing at police in front of his kids and his girlfriend. His kids taken to school in a police car. The police saying, okay, we don't want your money for the police athletic league anymore. And by the way, that flag football youth uh, league you were going to have is canceled. His agent dumps him. And now there is an, a warrant out for his arrest. Can this go any further south? Uh, sadly, yes. No, he can He can wind up like Junior Seau at this rate. Uh, <sighs> I don't want it to, but if you no, tell me not. tomorrow morning you sent me an article that it did wind up that way, I'm not going to be shocked. Because I feel like this is this is like gone downhill really fast, like in the last four weeks. Because, um, you know, at first when he was in Oakland, we we're like, oh, okay, haha, he's he's being an ass, whatever. But right. it, it just got worse and worse because you heard about how the you know, the saints wanted to try him out and the saints yeah, and he showed like, up with an entourage, right? The saints were like, don't say anything. Don't tweet anything. Don't bring anybody with you. Just come here and work out. Yep. And he brought an entourage with him for security reasons. And they're yep. like, you know what? Get out. <laughs> He's paranoid. He's paranoid. He literally thinks, and, and again, this is all right. So let me preface this with the standard disclaimer. I have not met him. I don't know him. I'm reading the same thing. Everyone else is reading. Having worked in mental health, this screams of paranoia. He thinks the league is out to get him. He thinks everybody is allied allied against him. He's been very clear on this. The league doesn't want him to play. He's taken shots at ESPN. He really thinks there's a conspiracy out there trying to bring him down. When the reality is, he's bringing himself to this level. He, if he would just stop with the antics and actually focus on football, this wouldn't be a problem. The problem is, 
I think he's very ill right now. I think whatever he's dealing with, maybe it's depression because he's had such a rough time. Maybe he does feel like he's been, you know, done wrong. Maybe he is experiencing pain. I don't know because I don't know the guy. But I know this. This is not normal. And this is not what's going to get you a job back in the NFL. No. He needs help. He needs professional intervention. And maybe it's just a counselor that sits down with him and say, listen, this is not how normal people behave. What do you want out of this? Because this is not normal. Yeah, because his ex-girlfriend said he needs help. His dad did. Um, Drew Rosenhaus said he should get help. So that's three people that are fairly close to him. Yes. That know him probably the best out of anyone. And don't forget, Rosenhaus dealt with T.O., and he never took this step to no. say, I can't handle this. So, all right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. We hope you hope for the best for him. I'm having a terrible cough tonight. Uh, the plague <laughs> is still going around the state. I feel fine. But I, and I've been fine all day. And then as soon as I start broadcasting with you, all of a sudden I've got coughing fits. <laughs> all right. So next on the list, mm-hmm. quarterbacks on the move. Dun, dun, dun. Philip Rivers has abandoned his California <laughs> home. And has yes. relocated all of his stuff back to back to Florida so that he could be closer to his family, which lives in Alabama. Personally, if I want to move specifically to be closer to my family, I move to the state they live in. But that's not what he did here. My God, I need like a cough drop. Um, so now, of course, here comes the rumors. Oh, yeah. The reason, the reason he's going to Florida and the reason he's moving closer to Alabama but not into Alabama is because Tampa is interested in him. Question. Well, I get mm. something to drink. Yes. Is Tampa a fit for Philip Rivers? One. Two, does this mean the end of Jameis Winston? And three, if not Tampa, where? Ah, uh, wow. I don't know. I feel like Tampa has Tampa's a weird team. They're not not as not like Houston. It's almost a little bit like Houston, but they have a lot of talent. And then they they show really small flashes of being great, and then they just stop playing. So I don't know if Philip Rivers is going to be able to fix that. I can okay. kind of see him, Philip Rivers, winding up in Jacksonville, uh-huh. maybe, because I don't know what they're you know they Garner Minshew's there, Nick Foles is I don't know what the hell Nick Foles is going to do. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think Jacksonville really wants to pay him anymore after being broken. So I can maybe see him in, in Jacksonville more than Tampa, but. Here's why he's going to Tampa. Two words. Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer found resurgence where? Near the end of his career. Arizona. Who was the coach? Uh, I don't remember. Bruce Arians. Was it then? Who is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Bruce, Bruce Arians. Carson Palmer last year actually went on the record on a show and said that Arians going there would be the best thing that happened to him. And then said something about they're going to be great together. A quote, they're going to be great together. It's probably the best thing that could have happened to Jameis at this point in his career. Getting a guy uh, like BA to come in and clean up some things technically and really installing what he does and push the ball downfield, end quote. Palmer spent the final five years of his NFL career in the Arian system. Bruce Arians, like old, experienced quarterbacks. <laughs> True. If he's really, if he's sick, if he's sick of dealing with Jameis, or he wants to put the fear of God into Jameis, this is, so is, is Jameis and Rivers, the 2020 version of Fitzmagic. Uh, not Fitzmagic. Uh, Tannehill. <laughs> no, uh, Tannehill and Mariota. Do you oh, bring maybe. in the grizzled veteran to scare your quote-unquote franchise player into getting his crap together? Or trying to and just replacing him? Yeah, yeah, think I about can, this. I can see that. This is the genius of what Tennessee did. Okay, because Ryan Tannehill turned out to be way better in Tennessee than I or I think anyone else thought he would be. The genius of it is this. If you bring him in and Jameis goes, holy crap, I need to play better, then you have nothing to worry about. You've got a good backup in case Jameis gets hurt. And Jameis has been hurt. Yes. Okay. And Jameis has been suspended at times his career. (laughs) 
if you ha- then you have you just hand the ball to a guy that you know can do it, and he's going to have been in your offense for a couple of weeks. He's going to understand what you're trying to do. If he doesn't step up, you hand the ball to the more experienced guy. Mariota had an opportunity. He had five or six games this week. I think it was week I think six. six. That they, yeah, I think they, it was he, had, six. he had almost half a season to get himself right and to get this done right. He didn't take advantage of it. He, for lack of a better term, dropped the ball. So they brought in the other guy. The, the, the field map is there. The field map is there. Is Tennessee the sixth seed if Ryan Tannehill starts the whole season? I don't think so. They probably win that division. Probably, they prob- yeah. They, they probably don't split with Houston. They sweep Houston. They probably win 10 or 11 games, and they probably win the South. Yeah. So along the line of, of quarterbacks on the move, <laughs> yeah. it's time It's time for where in the world is Tom Brady. <laughs> so if Phillip Rivers isn't going back to L.A., mm. of course, this starts the conversation that Tom Brady is. Yep. You have been on this from the very get-go. Do you still think Tom Brady has a shot of playing for the Chargers next year? If he still wants to play and he is not on uh, the Patriots, he will be a Charger. Better chance that he stays in New England or that he goes to L.A.? Here's here's the thing with New, New England this past year, and I've had Patriot fans admit this. Their offense was not that great. No. The receivers were not good. No. They dropped a lot of passes. You know, if you look back at their games and look at the drop passes, yep. you know, it would have been a different score. Yeah. I don't see them fixing every receiver spot this offseason to help Brady. So I don't know if I don't know if Brady he definitely I feel like he definitely doesn't want to end his career on last season. So my my thinking is if they don't get whatever he feels they need to win mm-hmm. in place, he's gonna leave. I because think that's probably it, accurate. and then you look at you look at other quarterbacks that went to other teams, like his idol Joe Montana, mm-hmm. left the 49ers, went to the Chiefs, brought the Chiefs to the AFC championship game in th- in twenty five years. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, so just to kind of bring bring it back around to what we're talking about here, Tom Brady threw for 4,057 yards this year. This year. Mm. 4,000 yards. That's a fantastic year for virtually anybody, right? Right. But it's his lowest total that's not affected by injury because I'm not counting 2016 when he missed four games. Or was that the year he was suspended? That might have been his suspension. But he only played 12 games that year. That is his lowest total since 2010. Was that when he was out all year with his knee? No, that was um, that was 2008. Really? That wow. he only played one game. Yeah, it was that long ago. Whew. He's played he's played 16 games every year since 2008, except 2016, which must have been the suspension. He only played 12 games that year. So that's the four game suspension. So he had his lowest yardage total this year. But and, and go back to that year in 2010, even though he only threw for 3,900 yards, he threw for 36 touchdowns. He threw for 24 touchdowns this year. That is his lowest total since 2008. That's hmm. really out. I mean, that's in the last 12 years. He's never thrown his worst. Second worst has been 28 in 2016. And again, he didn't play a full season. He threw fewer touchdowns this year than he did the year he missed four games on suspension. That tells you a lot around the I I don't think that's a lot of him. I think that's a lot of what's around him, like you said. I mean, let's be completely honest. I'm going to take out the suspension year. Okay. I'm going back to 2015. Yardage total, 40. Mm -hmm. I'm going to round off 4,700. 2017, 4,500. 2018, 4,300. The number is coming down. But it's not like it's plummeting. It's not like he threw 5,000 yards last year, and now he only threw 1,500. They're small incremental losses. And don't forget, the Patriot game plan shifts. Back in 2000, um, 2010, they had a better running game. They was able to throw 36 touchdowns because they were able to do play action a lot more effectively. So I, I just think I think, there's, I, think, I think there's a lot to be said about the talent around him, like you said. He did not lead the league in any statistical categories this year or last year in 2018 either. But just like 
it's not as much Brady getting old as it is the Patriots making sure that he has the weapons around him that he needs. Right, which is why I think if if they don't get whatever he thinks they need, I don't see him staying there. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So there's uh there's our there's our quarterbacks on the move update. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see what else is on my list. I, like I said to Craig during the pre pre, I have a list here. I, a I, lot I'm of new upset. coaches. I, I, yeah, you know we do have that. I'm gonna save the coach stuff for the off season a little bit because I haven't right, really looked at a lot of the new coaches just yet. Unless there's anyone in particular you want to talk about. I mean, we could talk about the Giants' completely rebuilt staff. Yeah, you know, um, Jason Garrett is their new offensive coordinator. And Freddie Kitchens is there, too, now. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing for them. I just saw they signed Freddie Kitchens. He's an assistant to someone. He's the assistant (laughs) quarterback water boy coach. (laughs) He's the assistant (laughs) assistant regional manager. Yes, He's the assistant. He's the special assistant to the assistant <laughs> regional manager. So uh, we'll get we'll get into all of that because we'll break it down because there's going to be more motion, I think, um, after everything is said and done. Um, you know, I mean, we baseball still hiring coaches. The Mets finally hired a manager. Hey, today. there you go. I can actually go to games again because I was so against the Carlos Beltran hire at the beginning. <laughs> so I'm just happy that I can go to games again. I want to. So. I've actually heard people. This is my next topic on my list. Mm-hmm. Best ball football yeah, 2020. Right. Yep. I've actually already heard people talking about best ball leagues. It's a tad early. Tad. The 2019 season isn't officially over. I, I mean, wouldn't I might... do. I wouldn't do best ball till after the draft. Yes, we've had that conversation a number of times. Yes. My my thing is I don't even know where people are playing best ball right now because draft is in the middle of its integration with FanDuel. You can't even get a best ball pool there right now. Hmm. So now is, dra- the- is FanDuel actually going to have a best ball section? You know, I don't know because so. all they keep saying all they keep saying is that they're integrating. They'll be bringing fantastic new FanDuel, and I'm like, like best ball because if it's not, I'll be pissed. <laughs> So I don't. I, it still feels way too early for best ball. How can you possibly draft best ball? You don't know who's going to be drafted and where in the NFL draft. I mean, your buddy uh, Joe, what's his face from LSU? Why am I drawing a blank on this kid's Burrow. name? Joe Burrow is like the only per- pick we know, and that's just because we know since he's <laughs> we're just assuming take- the Bengals aren't going to screw it up. <laughs> Everything I'm hearing says they have. They're they're loving what they've seen. They have no reason to doubt him. They don't want anybody else. Everything so. Shane has said that they that, that they want that. So, and I've had people tell me they should draft um, Tug, but I'm like, eh, after his hip injury and he's not out of rehab yet. Eh. Oh, yeah, I'm not I, saying he's not good, but that was a really bad injury. <laughs> it was a bit of a game manager to me. I mean, Alabama is just, and not saying LSU doesn't have talent outside of Joe Burrow, but. Alabama is just such a deep, deep team. I mean, like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Matt Leinart coming out of USC. Remember and Matt Leinart? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, he led his team to a national championship. Yeah, with Reggie Bush lined up behind him. There was a couple receivers on that team, too. I can't even remember off the top of my head who was on that team. But that team was loaded with talent, NFL-level talent. That's not exactly a huge stretch. I'm not really sh- I'm not really sure that two is going to be the real deal at the next level. And you're right, coming off of the injury, it's a concern. It's a concern. You know, yeah, I, I mean, he's going to go. Yeah, well, definitely. I keep hearing that Miami's going to try to draft him, but we'll see. Well, I mean, and here's the other thing. Drafting quarterbacks high has so rarely worked out in the NFL. Yeah, just ask if you, the Jets. Yeah, seriously. if <laughs> no, you look at No, they're still working on like the, on this quarterback, so but. Yes, but I mean, if you look at if you t- if you got a stat guy because we don't have a stat guy, we we can't afford a stat guy. We do our own stats, but if you and I'm saying this off the top of my head, so I didn't have time to research it. But if you got a stat guy in the room and said, "Go back to the last 20 years and show me every quarterback taken in the first round and where they were taken," there are going to be great names, names that are historical that are not there. Patrick Mahomes. A great quarterback. I love the kid. I can't say he's not like an all-time great yet, but look at the guy he's taken ahead of him. Trubisky went ahead of him. Look back at 
um, the draft where Alex Smith came out as the number one overall pick. Aaron Rodgers went in the second round in that draft. Did he? Yes. Oh, I thought he went Alex, really late in the first. It might, maybe I'm wrong on that, but it was way after, way after. You know, pick it. Tom Brady, seventh round pick. Qu- high quarterbacks. Now again, it's not always. Peyton not Manning always. was a top pick. Yep. Peyton so was Ryan was Leaf. <laughs> but so yeah, but so was Ryan Leaf. <laughs> I mean, do you remember when the the what was it was that was that Ryan Leaf versus Manning that year? Was that they they, they both come out that year? Uh, maybe I have to look. I'm trying up. to remember. Oh, the other one was Trent Dilfer versus Rick Meyer. Oh my God! <laughs> Those are two guys that went one two, and neither. Well, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, but he was a game manager. He was never the quarterback that they expected to draft out of. So you know what? I'm not I'm not trying to scare you about Joe Burrow at all. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I'm just saying, everybody gets up on these quarterbacks because it's such a hard position. There are just as many good quarterbacks in the later rounds these days yeah. than there are in the first couple of rounds. I just everyone expects that everyone expects what was it eighty four the year Elway and Montana and all oh, that was the, oh, the amazing quarterback. Yeah, everybody expects that every year, so you got to grab them early. I Jim don't Kelly think that's was the in case. that class. Jim Kelly, yeah, you have to get the right guy. And that the right guy in the your right system. system with the right coach. So let me ask the point question. Question point bank is Patrick Mahomes as good as he is now if he gets drafted by Chicago? No, no, because I think I think a good chunk of his development, and I think he would say this too, is playing with Andy Reid. I think there's a lot to be said there. Yeah, can you see like what if Patrick Mahomes was on, I don't know, the Dolphins? No, like. He's he's still going to win some games. He's still going to make amazing throws, but they, they take. They're, they're, not, team. they're not in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no. Let's never and let's not forget. We just talked about how how Tom Brady needs more weapons around him. They can't do it by yourself. They got Patrick Holmes. Then they went out and they got Tyreek Hill. They went out and they got Kareem Hunt, who they obviously who they ways got rid with. of. Well, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't don't hit people. I mean, that's the story there. But they got people around him. They brought in Sammy Watkins, who has not been exactly fantastic. But look at when the Chiefs receivers catch balls. They are there's just there's so that's the reason the Chiefs have been so successful is because Andy Reid loves to scheme for everyone to be involved some way somehow. And the way he's played this year, I go back to it again. Don't forget there was a year there was a week this year where the Chiefs leading receiver was Byron Pringle. <laughs> and Britt won a tournament. And I won a tournament on it. Well, I finished fourth. But I, I, fin- I cashed Still. on a tournament out of 200,000 people because I was drunk and I used Byron Brinkle. <laughs> okay? You've got all these weapons. That's what Andy Reid needs. Andy Reid needs options. And when you've got that many people, there's no way to stop them all. There just isn't a way to cover everybody effectively. You want to play zone? That's fine. The Chiefs have watched enough tape on your zone at this point to know where the soft pockets are. Every team this late in the season has enough tape to know where your soft pockets are. So you need to change it up. And that was one of the good things. That was one of the things that Tennessee did well this year was shift looks. They would show man-to-man and drop into zone, and it would be so confusing. The Chiefs worked around it really well, but a lot of that was because Mahomes ran well. But I don't even remember what the original question was because I got so off traffic here, but Oh, the the draft stuff. Yes. So I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I I don't. I don't really like the idea of going up high and getting a quarterback. I really don't. I really don't. Particularly in today's free agency market, he can play for you for four or five years and then go wherever the but hell. What, he do, you, what do you feel? Would you have to draft high? Oh, well, offensive line. I yeah. mean, that's outside of your base skill positions. I mean, offensive line. Is, is something you have to, to grab big. And I would say running back, just because they, they have such a short shelf life. Running backs don't last as long in the league in general as uh, the other positions do. So you want to you want to get them more frequently, and, and they're easier for you to move around. You right. know what I mean? It, it's it's If Zeke Elliott doesn't turn out to be Zeke Elliott in the first two years of his career, Dallas can walk away from him and go grab somebody else. And that's what the insurance policy when they brought in Tony Pollard. So, I don't know. Uh, so, speaking of uh, running backs really quick. Yeah, please. Did you hear the rumor about a trade with a running back that might happen? So, I, happen? You're, you're talking about Le'Veon Bell? Yes. 
I heard this briefly. Fill me in. What the hell's going on here? So there, there's rumors that because you know they the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They apparently because I don't know Adam Gase and his weird eyes. I buyers guess they, force. Yeah. <laughs> um, got buyers force. Uh, so they're thinking they want to trade him to the Redskins for Trent Williams. I... So the, it would be Trent Williams to the Jets, and the Redskins would get Bell and a third-round pick in 2020 this year. The Jets do love picks. They do. They do. <sighs> would you do that? Would you trade Bell on a pick for an offensive lineman that have, I, you know, may or may have not had health issues? I don't know enough about the Jets' existing line to know how big of an upgrade that is. Um, Le'Veon Bell clearly was not the back that the Jets were expecting uh, this year. That, there's no question about that. So maybe I might consider doing it. Um, but why would Washington do this? Why? Right, you're basically conceding that you think uh, you're basically conceding that guys can't play more than three games a season. <laughs> Has he played more than three games a season? I don't. Think I don't so. think so. I mean, he's, he may have appeared in three or four, but he probably or four or five, but he probably left two of them early. Uh, and you're also conceding that you're done with AP, which I don't think AP thinks he's done. I think AP thinks he's going to be trying to be the next Frank Gore. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he thinks he's going to play forever, and that's not the case. Um, so. I, I don't I don't see why Washington would make this move unless they're going to trade unless they they've already decided they're not bringing in AP again or they're going to try and move away from Darius Geis. I mean, I, he's too costly for an insurance policy. So, I mean, by doing this, you're basically telling Darius Geis he's going to become the sec. He's going to become the number two back because he's been injured as much as he has. I, I don't know. I, it just. From a, I don't know. I think I think Washington wants to trade Trent Williams just because of so much because they owe him money and there's been so much conflict there that right. Oh, he's the may... guy with the head issue, right? Yeah, he's the one that said he had a bump on his head for yes. several years, and the team doctors were like, eh, and he had like several surgeries, yeah. and the doc he was like, can you just get rid of it? And they're like, no. <laughs> I can understand why they would load him. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is the right person to make the deal for. There are so many things that Washington needs that I don't think, and running back is not high on that list compared to some of the other things. I mean, compared to most of the other things, right there, there's their secondary is horrendously old. There are wide receivers. If you take out Terry McLaurin, they don't have anybody that they need. There's, there's other areas you can address with, by trading somebody with the, um, the, uh, the the tra- the talent level of Trent Williams. And in, speaking of the Redskins, did you hear that Case Keenum said this is uh, Haskins' team? And it should be at this point. Win, lose, or draw, you have to do something with Dwayne Haskins. We just talked about quarterbacks that may have been drafted too high. Dwayne Haskins is now on that list. You have to do something with Dwayne Haskins because he's already cost the coach that drafted him his job. And we all know that's a bad thing for a quarterback. Yeah, when you're when the, guy, when the guy who drafted you gets canned and the guy if the guy who comes in doesn't like you, then you yeah. are in a bad spot. Yes. A bad spot. So I think, yeah, I think Dwayne Haskins has to make some progress this year. Now, from what I hear, from, depending on who you listen to, they've seen good things out of him. They've seen bad things out of him. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins will be better next year. I, I, again, this is why it's way too early to start talking about 2020. I need to see some mini camps. I need to see what happens in the drafts. I need to see if there's trades. You know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of te- every team, and maybe this is something we'll do like after the quarter, after the the Super Bowl is over, we'll sit down and and just ask the question. Give me one burning question for each team, because I think you could look at every team and ask what are they going to do about X, Y, or Z, or where are they going to do? What are they going to do to improve something else? The Rams. What are the Rams going to do about Todd Gurley? Can they afford to sit pat on the fact that the guy doesn't seem to be losing a step? Are they going to rely on Daryl Henderson? That's a good question. What are they going to do about their passing game? Do you know what the difference between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup was this year? 
What was touchdown it? catches. Touchdown catches. If I told you right now that both of them caught 90 passes this year, would you be shocked? They If they both caught 90 passes? Yes, that in 2019, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both had 90 receptions or, or more. I kind of would be. Because it seems like all we hear about is Cooper Cup. Yes. It's all we hear about is Cooper Cup, and that's because Cooper Cup gets the touchdowns. But their numbers are not that dissimilar. I'm going to pull it up really quick. And Cooks just, he had too many concussions. I, Cooks is a non, I, I am so done with Cooks. I, I just, I, he, he is a guy with great talent. I just can't anymore. I just can't. All right, let's see. Here we go. Rushing and receiving. Okay. Uh, Robert Woods had 90 catches for 1,134 yards. Cooper okay. Cup, 94 for 1,161. The difference between them outside of touchdowns, Cup had four more receptions for a total of 27 more yards. And what was the touchdown difference? Brace yourself. Okay. Cup had 10. Woods had two. Oh. That's it. Robert Woods caught 65% of the ball stored his way. Cup, 70%. Yards per target. Woods, 8.2. Cup, 8.7. They're the same guy. <laughs> Just only the one same, of them is catching touchdowns. But only one of them is getting into the end zone. But if you ask the average fantasy player walking down the street, what's the difference between them? He would he would sit there and go, oh, Cooper Cup probably outscored Robert Woods by about 100 points. No, nope. he didn't. Apparently not. He didn't. As a matter of fact, Robert Woods, because he had more touches, because he actually had 115 yards rushing this year, where Cooper Cup had four, had more yards from scrimmage than Cooper Cup. There's a nice trivia fact. There you go. But I guarantee you, you know what? <laughs> Cinch listens to the podcast, but we know that the source doesn't always listen <laughs> sometimes. And we know that I guarantee you, if we walk in there and we say to them on Super Bowl Sunday, how many points was the difference between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? They would, they would, they would overestimate it. Now, keep in mind, eight touchdowns, and even a four-point system is 30 points by itself. But I, I think the average person would sit there and go, oh, Cooper Cup outscored him by at least 75, 80 points, fantasy-wise. You know, it's not true. They're the same dude. What are they going to do about that? What uh, are they going to do? I mean, you had two guys to, over They need to figure out yards. their – I think their Rams' problem is they need to figure out their running game. That's it. That's, That's their issue. It. So Todd Gurley only had 857 yards rushing this year. He didn't break 1,000 yards. Nope. Do you know who the number two rusher on that team was? Um, who was it? Because I would have assumed it was it was Daryl Henderson, right? That's who I would have assumed. It's Malcolm Brown. Really? Malcolm Brown had 255 yards rushing. Wow. So, 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 there, so I mean, that my whole point is every team is going to have burning questions to answer. And I think... Washington has bigger burning questions and what are we doing about our running back? I, I just, I, I think that they're re, they're misfocused. So believe it or not, Craig, we're out of time. We are out of time. It's sad, this is, but you know what? Don't worry. I say this every year and then every year we never get to all the things we want to talk about. But we've got a whole off season ahead of us. We'll have plenty of times to talk about that. I, I would really love to sit down. Maybe we'll do this because I, I, if we're going to the, the, the sources house for a Super Bowl Sunday, there's a great brewery. 10 minutes from his house. So we might head up a little early. I would love to just sit down with a pad and paper and rattle off every team and come up with a question just like that. All right, what, are the Rams, that. what are the Rams going to do about? What are the Giants going to do about? What are the Cowboys going to do about? Ooh, and I just, like that. Just one question for each team. And if we have two questions, that's fine. If you have a question, I have a question. And then we can de de dedicate some off-season time to it. What are the Jets going to do about blank? Or how are the Jets going to deal with blank? And we can go that way, so... I love that idea. Craig, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, hi, Deb. Oh, yeah. Uh, this season, as always, went by really quick. And a quick, really last football note. Yeah. The Raiders are officially the Las Vegas Raiders as of Wednesday. Wow. It's officially wow. official. Uh, it's going to feel weird with them being there. It will, really. especially since... They're in Vegas and the whole betting thing. It's going to make it a little weird. <laughs> My final thought is just that 
don't expect any impartial analysis out of me next week with the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, no matter who wins. Yeah, no, going into next week when we sit down at, at these very consoles and start talking about um, who's going to do what on Sunday and who do we like. By then we'll have prop bet numbers out. We can discuss that. If that's something that's legal in your state, it's still not legal in Connecticut. Connecticut, get off your ass and make that happen. Um, I, I'm just I'm just telling you, I, I, I'm not going to be able to be impartial. <laughs> you know, the answer to who wins the Super Bowl is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to win, they're going to cover, and they're going to achieve. They're going to be over every prop bet um, in my head. So There you have it. Is it yeah, so don't don't expect impartial information out of me next next week but but we will be back next week um, we and to to talk about the uh the super bowl and uh and get uh get some stuff rolling for that and then we'll be shifting into off-season mode and you know we say it every year but don't fall asleep you know dynasty people are already chugging away your break time is really only the six weeks between the super bowl and the draft and once the nfl draft hits it's prep time again, and then prep time really kicks into overdrive in July. Yes. And that's when we'll release our rankings. We will not be releasing early rankings, folks. No. There no, is there's no, no point. Way. There's no – why? Why? The only people who are drafting in April are dynasty people, and dynasty people don't care what we think. They, they spend all year doing this. They yes. should have <laughs> – every person who does a dynasty successfully should have a podcast too. Just should. So – but we'll be back next week. In the meantime, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Send us an email, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter, at fignutsdfs. And then next week, we'll be back for our Super Bowl preview. And then Craig and I will be watching the Super Bowl with the source and his friends. And then we'll either have a very happy host or a very unhappy host come the week after. But <laughs> either way, I will be there. Um, unlike last year when the Chiefs got knocked out, I took the week off. I think I had a conflict anyway, but I think Cinch sat in for me because I was like, ah, just go do it. So until then, uh, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignets Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>